Deerfield Gridiron Browns Pros Game Show, your week 13 edition. Uh, Brown Steelers, the remix, the refresh, the redux. They ran it back, and uh, the Browns. Uh, well, to be completely honest, I don't know what that was today. So, uh, a little depressed. Because uh, effectively the Brown season is now over, uh, they still have a sliver of hope mathematically, but for all intents and purposes, um, the season is over. What was heralded as a season of dreams this season, with all the talent added to the roster, with all the hype, with all the the glitz, the glamour of players brought in, Baker Mayfield in his second season, people talking about him as an M- Dark Horse MVP candidate, uh, Miles Garrett being talked about as a Defensive Player of the Year possibility, uh, the Browns defense, people talking about it being potentially top 10. Statistically, Browns offense, people thought that they would average 30 points a game. Uh, you know, we would set records left and right. And here we are, 5-7, and seven. Uh, just lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the house of horrors that is known as Heinz Field for a Cleveland Browns fan and player, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, all hope is about lost. So with that, welcome in, uh, like I said, to our postgame show. I'm Dan from LOTL. Here with Steve, as always. Steven, how are you, sir? Oh, wait, we actually have to talk about the game? Oh, We actually have to talk about the game, and uh, that was kind of a stupid okay. question I just asked you. Hmm. Yeah, that was a dumb question. Yeah, that was um, very I, dumb. Mean, I mean, what do you think we're feeling? Yeah, that, like, that was, you know, just, that was uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Stupid idiot. Yeah, pretty much. I'm a stupid idiot. You just made the list! A lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just randomly hitting buttons at this point, ladies and gentlemen. You know, honestly, though, like, there is a certain... Um, I don't know, enjoyment I get out of on days like this, just <coughs> listening to random angry Browns fans call in to post-game shows. Yeah, I don't well, know if it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Like That's what I did on the drive over well, here. Well, usually two-thirds of them are drunk. But well, Right, it was just what makes it even funnier. Right. Um, honestly, I, I, this is one of those days where I can't blame anybody for being completely pissed off. So, you know. How did we lose to that team? How? Everything was going so well, too. I We got up 10 nothing, and you're saying, okay, we, you know what? This is great. We don't have to press on you know, and, and really go balls to the wall. We can just, you know, run the ball, have a balanced offense, you know, not take unnecessary risks. And for whatever reason, like, the final drive Pittsburgh had before the half, all of a sudden they just, like, 
I mean, they just started looking like the 07 Patriots out of nowhere. It was like, what in the world was going on here? We had a, we had a 10 nothing lead. Uh, what was it, about halfway through the second quarter? Yes. 10 nothing lead. We were totally dominating. We were running the ball effectively. Baker was taking care of the football. We weren't making any mistakes. The, the, the game plan the Browns came into the game with was pretty good. You know, I mean, ten nothing, whatever. Yep. You, you you almost thought at that point, like I, Pittsburgh's not even gonna get score ten points, and that would have been an unreasonable thought because they only got seven the the game previous. Right. They didn't have any points on the board up to that point. They, right. they I think they only had what two first downs or something like that up to that point. <laughs> I mean, and then all of a sudden we couldn't cover the deep ball, and the Freddie Kitchens just decided, okay, well, we're just not going to run the football the rest of the game. It, we're just not going to do it. I mean, in the second half, the Browns rushed six times and didn't rush Kareem Hunt once, even though going into half, he had seven carries for 46 yards with a 6.6 yards per clip average. Did not rush him once in the second half. Awful. And it's not like, and it's not like we got down by three scores. We were down, at most, we were down by ten. And once we got down by ten, we went right down the field and scored a field goal to bring it back within one score. So you can't say that the you can't say that they they stopped running the ball because uh, they got down by a lot. That's not possible. It's, well, that's not what happened in reality. Yeah. But I mean, you look at it, and we'll go through the stats and everything. But Nick What's Chubb, that? Nick Chubb had uh, ten rushes in the first half for forty three yards, four point three yards a clip. That's lower than his average, but that's still very good NFL standards. We already talked about Kareem Hunt, 46 carries or 46 yards on seven carries, 6.6 yards uh, on average. They ran the ball uh, six times in the second half. Six. Baker Mayfield threw the ball 32 times today. That the, there's no way that the Browns should have passed the ball more than they ran it today. Without looking too far into the stats, do you put this game more on the defense or the offense? You know, when you look at it, 20, giving up 20 points is not giving up a lot of points in the NFL. Uh, you, you'd like to think that if you gave up 20 points in a game, especially on the road, that you'd have a chance to win a lot of games. And scoring 13 is not really acceptable. But with the way that we gave up our points, I'd have to, I got to put this game on the defense. And that would seem to be the, what the majority take is that you know 80 to 90 percent of the folks that I, from what I'm hearing are putting this game on the defense um, and it's kind of hard to excuse them to be honest uh, going up against that third string quarterback uh, to have them just throw the ball around like they did in the second and third quarter of this game it was kind of ridiculous but I will say this much the Browns offensively are certainly not blameless here, and they continue to do an exceptionally awful job in both the red zone and in terms of ter- of situational football. What I mean by that is they got down in the red zone. It, they had first and goal at the actually it's not the first and five at the six yard line in the first in the first quarter. They didn't score a touchdown there. They yeah. ended up going backward two two plays and then kicked a field goal. Right. Then later on in in the third quarter, that <clears throat> one drive you just mentioned. They get down, they hit a couple of big plays. They get down to the 15, um, and then, like you said, they I don't know why they didn't decide to run the football once they got down there, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they go and complete two plays and then a sack on third down. So they don't. So two times they go into the red zone, they don't score a touchdown either time, and then 
Then you have the Nadir, which was they get the turnover, the big play the defense needed to make all day that gets returned to the Pittsburgh 30. You could have literally done nothing and kicked a field goal and gotten within four. Instead, the Browns went backwards and were out of field goal range. I'll say above above all else. God. uh, Above all else, uh, offensively, um, I mean, there's a lion's share of blame to go around. Uh, the offensive line might have played their worst game of the whole year. Oh, they were year. horrible today. Horrible. And, and, it, and it, it, it was situationally, like, like you said, um, giving up that sack on third down, which knocked them out of field goal range on that drive you're talking about. Um, you know, I think Baker was sacked four or five times, but it was like when, five. It was like it was when he got sacked. Yeah. You know, pretty much all of the sacks occurred on third downs. Yeah, uh, almost always third and long. Um, so I mean, if you take if you take those away, I thought I actually thought Baker played pretty well. I mean, the interception he threw at the end of the game was a horrible throw. Landry was open over the middle, and he threw it way behind him, and Joe Hayden picked it off. It, it, of course, it had to be Joe Hayden to intercept that ball too. By the way, screw you, Joe Hayden. Hmm. I loved you when you were a Browns player, but you play for the Steelers now, so screw you. Hmm. Um, I thought. Honestly, kudos to both teams. Uh, I I didn't think the game uh, really got chippy at all, which you really could have thought, you know, expected would have happened after what happened in the first game. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that everybody who was famously involved in the altercation didn't play in this game. That's correct. Um, Except for Ogunjobi played, but I texted texted this. I thought Ogunjobi had his absolute worst game as a Brown. most of the Steelers, when they gashed us in the run game, they gashed us right up the middle. He didn't do anything today. No, he didn't do anything. Hardly ever hear the announcers call his name. Didn't do anything. Olivier Vernon came back today. He didn't do anything. Uh, Chad Thomas had a sack, but he got hurt uh, midway through the game and was pretty much neutralized the rest of the way. Uh, I thought we didn't get any sort of a pass rush. I thought our corners were terrible. Um, they were especially bad. Well, this this has been an underrated thing about the Browns this year. We, it seems like we don't talk about it very much, but yeah. our, our defensive backs do not cover very well. No, Denzel Ward uh, has regressed a lot this year. I thought he was terrible today. Um, Greedy Williams didn't play very well. I mean, the only time our secondary made a made a play was when Greedy Williams went out with an injury and Terrence Mitchell came in the game and made the interception. Now, I could have made that interception because it was so badly overthrown by the Duck, but... <laughs> Um, and another thing, I'm going to bring this guy up. How the hell did we lose to a guy named Duck? How? Second time we've lost to a third string quarterback this year. That that's another thing. That's got to be. That's got to be. You know, I wish we had a like. You know how uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon on PTI had Stat Boy. Oh yeah, Tony Reale. Yep. I wish we had we had a Stat Boy that could go look that up because I'm I'm almost convinced that the Browns this year are the only team that has lost to. A third-string quarterback, twice. Well, not the same guy, but you know what I mean. At Denver, at Denver, they've lost to two third-string quarterbacks. Yeah. And you said right before we started recording, if the Browns just win those two games, they control their own destiny. We're, to make seven, the we're seven and five right now, and we got nothing to worry about considering we got two games yeah. against Cincinnati and one against Arizona. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it. I mean, you wouldn't have even had to beat Tennessee. You wouldn't have had to beat right. the LA Rams. Which you well, know, speaking of that game, that game or, is that game is going to haunt. I, and I said it, I think, on our first post-game show, that loss against the Tennessee Titans the first game of the year is going to haunt us the whole season. 
Titans were a better team than a lot of people expected. Oh, I think I, I, they, I, they won again in today. retrospect. We'll, we'll go over the how the town scores as well. Right, but there's uh, a lot of funky scores that, that that happened today. Yeah. But in retrospect, I agree with you. That Titans loss, even though we got blown out in the end, doesn't look as bad of a loss as it did at the beginning of the year because they're playing really well. They just went into Indianapolis and, like you said, we'll talk about it, but they just went into Indianapolis and smacked the Colts around. Just another you know, another common rule I have about football. Never <coughs> try to predict or bet any game involving Indianapolis. You, you, yeah. You'll just get burned every time. Well, you know, we can talk about what happened in the game until we're blue in the face, but I, I think I think the loss today kind of reignites a larger issue that, that we're going to need to talk about. And you and I seem to be on differing ends of the fence on uh, this uh, topic. And we've been on opposite ends pretty much the entire year. I think so. I, I think you almost, you almost came over to my side after we lost in Denver. But, you know, obviously with the three straight wins that we had to get back into it, um, it was a little head fake. We'll, right. just, we'll just call it that. Little head bob. Um, where do you sit with Freddie Kitchens right now? I don't think you can get rid of him under any circumstance. I mean, I'm, maybe under any circumstance. Maybe if they lose out and finish five and eleven, maybe <laughs> you can make the case. But for me, say. like I, it would be very, very. Very hard for me to get rid of Freddie Kitchens and say we're gonna restart this again after one season again. And it's gonna be a new coach, a new scheme, new coordinators, all of this ever again. Yeah, it's just, I feel like a lot of the problems that the Browns are having right now is because they have no continuity. We had all this new personnel, we have new schemes. Obviously, it took a while for this to get implemented. They started two and six. It didn't help that they had such a hard schedule in the first eight games. You know, the team starts rolling a little bit now, including a couple of decent wins. I mean, say what you want about Pittsburgh, they are seven and five. You do have a win against Buffalo in there. Yeah, I think if you just give it a little bit, you give it a second season. I think you're going to see results. That's that's just my opinion. All right, let me have it. I, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and I think that's – I struggle with this because in one aspect I do agree with you um, when you're talking about continuity. I just struggle with this because I struggle with trying to keep continuity for continuity's sake. Like you go back to the Hugh Jackson experiment. When they went 1-15 the first year, looking back on it, he should have been fired after one year, but they wanted to keep continuity. One in fifteen. What happens? Bad. What happens the second year? They go on sixteen. Yeah. What happens the third? They're like, okay, well, we're going to keep them a third. Well, year. They really should have gotten them after the really after the second year. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I struggle with the continuity for continuity's sake. Yes, I do agree with you that the Browns have never really seen something through. They they tried their damnedest with Hugh Jackson, but he just made it so untenable that. That they, they just had no choice, so they didn't with Hugh Jackson. But um, I'm I'm into, I, I don't I don't think the Browns you know this is going to derail them and they're going to like like Freddie's going to lose the team and they're going to lose out. Um, although it kind of happened in 2014 with um, Mike Patton, where the Browns started seven and four and then lost their last five games after a loss to to go down to seven and five. But that had more to do with 
that had more I to feel do like with that internal... situation had to do with ownership meddling in, in right. the, the player personnel right. and the team basically quitting on Johnny yeah. Manziel. That, that, that I'm not. That, yeah, that I'm not. You know, I'm just you know bringing up the fact that uh-huh. I guess I guess it's possible that it can't. It has happened before, mm-hmm. so it could happen again. But here, here's where I go. I, that team was also playing better teams down the stretch than what we I, faced. I, I struggle with. Um, I struggle with this right now because I I have seen improvement, like you said. We have a couple of quality wins in this uh you know quarter stretch here. Those those last four games where we've gone three and one now. We have went over Baltimore or not Baltimore. We went over Buffalo. We even went over Pittsburgh. Um, but to me, I look in it look at it in a game to game situation. Uh, because that's where the that's what the Browns put themselves in. They put themselves in where they had to go. They had to go one week at a time, and they had to win pretty much every week to get to where they wanted to go, which is the playoffs. Every game, I'm seeing the exact same thing out of the Browns. The Browns, I think, and and credit to the coaching staff, I think they do a decent job of getting the team ready to play, and I think they do a decent job of scripting out and planning the beginning of the game. It's when they have to go off script. That this team, this coaching staff, and especially this head coach, is by far the worst coach with in-game situations that I have ever seen in my thirty, well, thirty-two years on this planet. But you know, consciously, probably twenty-five years of watching football, I've never seen a coach be this bad at in-game adjustments, situations, situational coaching, time management, game management. And uh, you know, throw in. I mean, he won a challenge today, but has Freddie? Has there ever been a worse head coach in terms of challenges? It, it, it a lot of the games have followed the same script. You look at Tennessee; that game got completely away from us in the second half. Seattle, they had a big lead. They ended up blowing the big lead. Buffalo, that was another game where they started out great and you know nearly lost it. Tried they, to give it away. You, you know, it's. A lot of those games, really, I mean, you you can't point up to a lot of games where it was the opposite. I mean, maybe Denver, perhaps, because we were horrible the first half of that game. But, yeah, it, a lot of the games do follow that script. You know, it happened again today. You're up 10 nothing in, in the second quarter, and you end up losing the game 20-13. to um, Yeah. Up 10 nothing in the game. Look like you're dominating the game. Look like you're going to run away with the game. And you get outscored 20-3 to the rest of the game in the next two and a half quarters. Uh and to me, you know, if you look at it, if we just would have stuck with the game plan and ran the football the entire game, I don't think there's any possible way we'd lose that game. It depends on whether the defense would have been able to actually cover Steelers receivers. Well, that, I mean, that's that, ultimately why they lost the game. That's true, but um, you know, I'll go. I'll go to that that uh, situation you talked about earlier with. Um, with getting that turnover when we were down 20 to 13 and, you know, getting the ball first and 10 at our own 30, pass, 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 punt. I don't have any problem whatsoever with them throwing to the end zone on first down. Right, I, right, I at, right after Right after a turnover, I thought that was a great call. Didn't work. Maybe you come out and run it on second down, or at the very least, maybe you do a short route like a screen or, or, or a slant over the middle or something. Instead, you know, they just like – I guess they really thought that, okay, this is our one and only shot – to, to tie the game, and we're going to go for it all, all three plays. Like, I, maybe that's what they were thinking. But, but like, like you were saying, you know, at least, at least 
put yourself in a situation where if you start a drive at the opponent's 30-yard line, put yourself in a situation where you come away with no less than three points. Right. So first down, you take the shot. I agree with you. No problem at all with that. Second down, you 100% should have just given the ball to Nick Chubb. 100%. And I would have run it on third down. Honestly, yeah. I would have tried to give Seibert some yards and, and make it 20 to 16. That, yeah. that would have been the play. I mean, you know, Chubb... Because you haven't picked up a third down and 10 all day. Right. Like, it's not going to happen. I, Chubb, Chubb wasn't gashing the Steelers today, but I, 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 can't, I can't remember a time where he didn't gain three, four yards on a carry. So you give it to him on second and 10, three, four yards, you're, you're you know, third and six from the 26 instead of the 30. You at least got a shot with yeah. that. And even if you take a sack at that point, you're probably back at the 30 to 32 yard line where it's still a, f- a 49 to 50 yard field goal. That that point, you're you're still at least thinking about kicking a field goal. Certainly not a gimme for Cyber, but no, it's know, not. It would have you know at least been in, like, in the conversation. It's not, but but like I'm saying, it's it's game management, it's situational coaching. You take the shot first down. Okay, it doesn't work. Fine. Don't disagree with the call. If you if 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 Landry catches it. Your first and goal from the three yard line, and I thought it was a good throw by Baker. I thought Landry adjusted the ball really well. The defender just made a really good play on the ball. But then you come back and you run Nick Chubb, not drop back again, and then you know nobody's covered or nobody's open down the field, and your Baker's starting to get rushed, and you gotta uh, dump it off to Kareem Hunt, who's got a guy you know basically draped all over him when he catches the ball and he gets a no gain, and then you drop back on third down and. Baker had no chance on that sack, yeah. and then you have to pooch punt. You know, the ideal scenario would have been if it would have been 10 nothing or 10-3 if the Browns had not given up that touchdown right before half. They could have just come out with a game plan of just run, 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 run the entire second half. Yeah. It would have neutralized the Steelers' pass rush. You know, okay, maybe they don't get a whole lot done offensively, but it would have put them in a situation where the Steelers would have had to go long drive consistently the rest of the game, assuming you didn't have something crazy happen like Hunter Chubb fumbling, right? You know, it's just you would have been able to play those odds. And unfortunately, the game got way more complicated than that because they gave up the long touchdown drive right before the half, and then they did it right again um, when the Steelers had the first drive of the second half. And that, and then that, by then, that probably changed. That probably changed a lot about what the Browns wanted to do offensively in the second half, they probably weren't thinking they were going to be down 17-10 by the time they got their hands back on the ball. Yeah, but still, at that point, at that point, you're still only down one score. Your game plan shouldn't change whatsoever. It shouldn't have changed as much as it did. That's for sure. And, th- I mean, that's where I blame the defense is, you know, you can't give up a touchdown right before half and then turn around and let them, let them take it, you know, shove it right down your throat to open the second half and go from 10-3 to to 17-10. to you can't do that. Absolutely not. Um, so that's where I lay the, lay the blame on the defense. I just, <sighs> you know, I just go go back to it, and I I can't for the life of me understand why you have potentially one for sure one of the top five running backs in the NFL, and and historically when he's on the field, you have two of the top five running backs in the NFL, and you run six times in the second half. When the most you were ever down was ten points. Yep. And the Steelers were not going to be an offense that was going to, you know, once they got you down by ten, they're not gonna they're not gonna hit you with a kill shot and put you down by seventeen. 
So the Browns don't have to panic and come out and like, okay, we got to throw, 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 throw. Especially when you come out of halftime and you you know your quarterback's thumb is banged up on his throwing hand. What are you doing? That too. Why do you run the ball yeah, we six haven't even times? Mentioned, we haven't even mentioned that part yet. We, what are you doing running the ball only six times in the second half when your quarterback's got a bum hand? His throwing hand. Like, this is why I'm just... I can't... Like... I... I'm at a loss for words. I, I just can't I can't understand it. I, I literally cannot understand it. And this team, yeah, maybe I'm overreacting because we lost one game. We've lost one game in our last four. But they put themselves in this situation by starting the year two and six. I don't care how hard the schedule was at the beginning of the year. They shouldn't have lost to Denver. No, they should not have. They shouldn't they really shouldn't have lost you know, Seattle's tough, but the way that game was going, they should not have lost to Seattle. They had that game won. Uh, they shouldn't have lost to... Referees certainly didn't help us that yeah, day. Yeah, well, that and Freddie trying to go, oh, oh, I'm trying to score, uh, call, call three of my timeouts, get the ball back and score again with a minute left in the half. I mean, be realistic. Yeah. Uh, what, what's There's another game in the first half that I thought we really should... I mean, the Titans LA game. Rams, obviously. maybe? Yeah, the Rams... I mean, looking back on it now... When that game happened, the Rams were... The Rams were playing really well at the beginning yeah. of the year. That It would have been nice if we would have been able to play them now when they're yeah. not doing well. Now, they are getting healthy today, it looks like. But, right. But I'll say... But 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 I'll go back. I'll say the Seattle game, even though they're really good, I thought we, we, we had them that game. And then the Denver game, for sure. I mean, the, you put yourself in this situation to where every game is going to be critically dissected. Every coaching situation, every coaching call is going to be... Uh, critically, uh, you know, picked apart because of the hole you put yourself in. And they put themselves in that hole. Right. And Freddie certainly did not help them, uh, you know, with putting them in that hole. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's why, that's why I, because for me, because I'm not seeing the things that I talked about the first half of the season get better, even though they're starting to win games. I think they're winning, they're winning these games on talent and talent alone. They just they, they started not turning the ball over and that's why they're starting to win. To me, that's not well, coaching. That's, that's just you that's know. kind of an important thing. Yeah, right. Maybe the most important thing in football because you only get maybe what ten, yeah, eleven possessions in a game. So, so for me, you know, if the Browns, I don't think they're going to win out because I, I don't think there's any way they're going to beat Baltimore the way Baltimore's playing, um, and especially now because if, if the Browns had won today. And then won the next two, and they were eight and six going into that Baltimore game. Then everything's on the table, you know. Then I'm think. Then psychologically, you start thinking with the oh, knowledge okay. that you've already beaten them. Yes, right. And you're still firmly in the playoff mix, where you know if you beat this team at home, go to nine and six, and then you have probably the worst team in the NFL the last week of the year, where none of you know nobody's going to be playing, and they don't care, and they're going to want to lose because they want the number one pick. You're going to the playoffs, but. They couldn't take care of their business, and they lost today. So there, there goes that. Yeah. So now they need the Browns. You know, like I said, mathematically they're so, still alive. They need to win out and hope that like five five things go their way. So, just how dire is it for the Browns? Well, we're gonna take a look at that right now. Um, let's first look back to Thursday here, uh, Thanksgiving Day. You had the Bears defeat the Lions 24-20. to uh, That got the Bears back to 500. Mitchell Trubisky actually looked very good in that game. Played really well. I was impressed. Um, 
The Bears, because of the wild card situation in the NFC, don't really have much of a shot at this point. But uh, you know, stranger things have happened. They're still mathematically alive. Bills twenty six, Cowboys fifteen, Buffalo serving to uh, perhaps uh, prove their legitimacy a little bit more, going on the road to Dallas and winning that game. Dallas. Josh just, Allen is really impressing me. He played really, really and the, well. And obviously Buffalo's defense is for real. I mean, we saw it. Yeah, Buffalo we, is is very good on that side of the ball. There's no doubt. It, it they're going to be a tough out for whoever ends up being the fourth seed in the AFC because right now it does look like they're going to end up as the fifth seed. Um, they got one more shot in New England. If New England theoretically were to lose tonight, they'd only be a game out. Who knows? Saints twenty six, Falcons eighteen. New Orleans looks like they. Are in this possibly to go all the way? They're ten and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta's had a, a real bust of a year, um, so that's really no surprise there. If you look at to the board now for today, how about this? Bengals twenty-two, Jets six. Unbelievable. <laughs> Who would have? Okay, so the Jets look like an actual team the last three weeks yeah. or so. They're on a three-game winning streak. And sure enough, that's a very Jets thing for them to do is go to Cincinnati and be the first team to lose to the Bengals this year. Yep. <laughs> yep. So we won't have to worry about the Bengals still trying to get their first win against us next week. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the, maybe now the Bengals will you know, be mentally yeah. satisfied. Yeah, they're like, okay, try next week. Yeah, we're not going to go over. We got our win. Now let's focus on getting the number one pick. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, one of the only teams that they probably could have caught for that, Miami, put up 37 points today. They defeat the Eagles 37-31. to 31. Ryan Fitzpatrick has one of those. Every so often he has one of those games where he just throws it all over the place and he looks great. He 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 didn't look bad against the Browns last there week, but the Browns put up forty points. So. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Eagles and Dallas, does anyone want to win the NFC East this year? Boy, wow. Is 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 the seat a sub five hundred winner out of that division? Is the, the seat under Doug Peterson's uh, butt getting a little warm? Man, you wouldn't think so, but. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie's not that kind of an owner to usually right. just, you know, often knock somebody right. out just two years from the Super Bowl. But, well, I mean, if, if they continue to play this bad the rest of the way, who knows? Obvi- obviously, the uh, the Super Bowl on the resume is going to give him a little job security. I, if he, if he if they did hadn't won that Super Bowl, I think it'd be a little warmer today because you can't you can't lose to this Dolphins team like that when you're still. Vying when really for winning your division, all you had to do was win today, and you're tied for the division lead. Like that's yeah. was a seemingly with, with still, low bar to clear. Was still a game to go against Dallas. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. The Eagles at five and seven, or you know, the Browns would envy to be in their situation at five and seven. Have the leader in the division only be six and six. Yep. No. Leader of our division is ten and two, and Ugh. have the MVP of the NFL come out of nowhere. Yeah. Speaking of which, we'll just touch on that. The Ravens oh. played the 49ers today. That was a fantastic game. Uh, Ravens win that one, twenty to seventeen. Both teams are now ten and two following that game. Lamar didn't even play well in that game, and they won. <laughs> I mean, I have no words for it anymore. You know, you just—I mean—they've beaten Seattle, they've beaten New England, they've beaten. San Francisco. They've beaten almost everybody who's who is a Super Bowl contender that they've come up against. They're gonna finish fourteen and two. Yeah, they might. Literally the last game that well, they've hopefully it's thirteen and three and Well, yeah. But but the last <laughs> the last game that they've lost was to the Browns in week four. Yeah. And we're in week thirteen. 
What would you say if the Browns beat the Ravens a second time? Would you just say that we're, we just have the magic elixir to beat them and no one else has? Well, I would, I, 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 would, I would say this. I would, um, for me right now, if the season ended today and making a coaching change, if the Browns went out, finished 9-7, and seven, and sweep the Ravens with the way they've played this year, you probably would have to bring Freddie that back. That gives you a much different perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, because 9-7, and seven, you go 5-1 and one in the division, you beat Pittsburgh, you sweep Baltimore, and then, well, obviously, you know, the Bengals are the Bengals, so... Back to the wild card race here. This was a huge result. Titans 31, Colts 17. Shocking. It is utterly shocking how well they're playing with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. So it's 17-17 with five minutes left. Do you know how the Titans took the lead in this game? No. Nope. They blocked the field goal and returned it for a touchdown. <laughs> Unbelievable. Massive win for the Titans. It gets them to 7-5. and five. Is Mike Vrabel the best Belichick disciple? Head coach. Oh man, um, yeah, probably. I mean, he doesn't have playoff wins <coughs> like Eric Mangini has, but I mean, you'd have to say that he's. Does Mangini he's, have playoff wins? I mean, he was he the coach with the Jets when they no made that was Rex Ryan. Game? Oh, never mind. Yeah, never Eric mind. Mangini never made. I, the I mean, you think of all the other guys. Uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit, he's having a horrible time of it. Yeah, he's on the hot seat. Yeah. So, Although, there's an asterisk behind that because Matthew Stafford broke his back. It's hard <laughs> to win without a quarterback. I mean, I mean well, uh, ask the Steelers. The Steelers somehow are doing it, but again, their their defense is elite. Yeah, You have to say at this point. I mean, that's that's the reason that they're still over 500. Uh, Packers made it look easy against the Giants today. They won 31-13. Green Bay is Thank very you, much a contender. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. He's my fantasy quarterback. And the uh, Chet, you're going to go to the playoffs, correct? The Chet Stedman's hot ice are uh, are looking good. Uh, seven two and one in our last ten games after an zero and three start. We're going we're going dancing. Which speaking of which, the Deerfield Gridiron Trophy, which our post game show so aptly named after, is uh, adorning the studio desk here. Yeah, you've gotten one over me on this one. I'm going to miss the playoffs by a game. It looks like because of Damian Williams getting hurt on the ridiculous, horrible grass of Azteca Stadium 13 days ago when I needed him to score three points oh. to win that night. That was probably the worst can the bit NFL, of luck I've had NFL, in years. Can the NFL just stop this Mexico City nonsense? Oh, my God. I... Oh. When I saw that happen, I was like, I wanted to go to Roger Goodell's office and just like slug him. I was oh, right, man. Like, like okay, I can get it. I can get the uh, the. I don't like it, but I can get the wanting to play games over in London because you get all of Europe and you know London and possibly you know the interest over there. Why are you trying to play games in Mexico City? Mexico doesn't care about the NFL. No, they don't. Nope, that's a football country. But uh, speaking of the Chiefs, they are blowing out the Raiders twenty-one to nothing right now, late in the second quarter. Who owned the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, so this was a big game because the Raiders, with a win, could have tied the Chiefs for the division lead. That's not going to happen. Kansas City is going to drop the hammer on them now, and that's basically no, going to mean God. basically going to mean the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. 
that this would have been a nice result for the Browns had they won today because you know they would have moved into a tie with the Raiders. Yeah, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? Alas, um, other four o'clock games. Um, <laughs> this game's kind of irrelevant. The Broncos seventeen, the Chargers ten. Uh, neither one of those teams are really. Boy, going is it anywhere. the end of the line for Philip Rivers? Yeah, I think it is. Man, I mean, what a what a career. What a career. A career that you probably would most notably compare it, and Browns fans will know this, but to Bernie Kosar. Yeah, guy who got close a little many times, made know, a couple of conference championship games he, as well. If you would have just gotten over the hump that one time, he's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I have to say. Now I think he's going to struggle. to get. I think numbers-wise he probably has it, but... People are always going to look at the fact that... you have all the other great quarterbacks from the era, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, and they all won Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, even... Philip Rivers, obviously, I think is better than him, but look at the guy that he got traded for, Eli Manning. He has two Super Bowl wins. He had an elite defense, though. Well, yeah. Just something that that Philip Rivers never had. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting... To see how his career ends up being looked at. He's one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. I love Pete Ribs. But he just could never, never, never get over that hump. Yeah. I mean, even years where he had the you know the best running game in the league with LaDainian Tomlinson scoring a bajillion touchdowns in a season. Just couldn't get over that hump. He couldn't beat New England. Yeah, I mean that, that, that was that's that was the, their main problem. That's the uh you know, that's the case for all the teams. They can't they couldn't beat New England. I mean, look at the yeah. look at the Steelers. The Steelers couldn't beat New England, neither could um, neither could the Chargers. Indianapolis, did, you know, they had a lot of trouble with them until finally the last few times around they were able to, to knock them off. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, I think, is the team that most recently has actually had the most success against the Patriots. Yep. Oddly enough. It's going to be really interesting to see if those two teams tangle up in the, the AFC title game. Yeah. that's I get the especially, feeling that that's, that's the matchup that everybody's kind of waiting for. Especially if the, the game is in Foxborough. Yeah, if the game's in Baltimore, I probably get Baltimore the edge just because I don't know that. Well, they pounded the crap out of the Patriots exactly. the first time in Baltimore. Exactly, but it's it's a different animal trying to go up into Foxborough and win in the playoffs. I mean, it's hard enough in the regular season. But speaking of the Patriots, they actually have a tricky matchup tonight. They are at the Texans. Patriots ten and one, Texans seven and four. Texans Texans are they're fighting. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They need a victory to stay atop the AFC South. If they lose today, things get real dicey for them. Certainly, the Titans will be watching that game very closely. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually forgot the one other four o'clock game that's going on right now. The Rams are pounding the Cardinals twenty to nothing in the third quarter. So looks like the Rams are going to get to seven and five. They may not be completely out of the wild card chase at this point, but. Seven and five is not as good a position to be in in the NFC as it is in the AFC. And that's mostly because of two teams, the Vikings and the Seahawks. The Vikings are eight and three, the Seahawks nine and two. They are playing on Monday night, which that is a massive contest. If Seattle wins that game, they take over the lead in the NFC West because of San Francisco losing today. Right, because uh, Frisco lost to uh, Baltimore today. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That, wow. Yeah, I mean, how how big does that that? Yeah, San Francisco's been like the best team in the NFL the whole season. I they know. lose one game on the road at the Ravens, who've only lost twice, and now they're looking to fall out of the division lead. 
I mean, how, how that's big, cruel. How big does that overtime game a few weeks ago loom now between oh, yeah. San Francisco and Seattle? And it, if my mind does not deceive me, don't San Francisco and Seattle play at Seattle the final day of the season? Yeah, well, because that first game was in Frisco. My goodness, what a game that's going to be. I, I, could you imagine with how well San Francisco has played all year if they end up the fifth seed in the NFC? I would have not. to go on the road on wild card weekend. Now, now, that's the funny part. You know, we talked about Dallas and Philadelphia earlier. Whoever comes out of there, Dallas or Philly, they're looking at having to play either Seattle or San Fran in the first round. Does anybody really think it's home field advantage matters, but I don't think it matters that much. Right. Yeah, I, it's going to the NFC is just a meat grinder. It is. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, what was it? Uh entering into today's games, the two wild card teams in the NFC were both 8 and 3. Well, Seattle's nine and two. It's nine and two. Nine and two, and then Minnesota was eight, eight three. three. Yeah, they could both be nine and three if Minnesota wins on Monday night. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh... so. Bottom line, as far as the Browns are concerned, they got to get over four teams to get into the into the postseason. They have to get above Pittsburgh. They have to get above uh, either Tennessee or Houston. They'd have to get over Indianapolis, and they'd have to get over Oakland. Indianapolis and Oakland are six and six. Pittsburgh is seven and five. Tennessee is seven and five. Houston is seven and four with a game tonight. There's no scenario in which you lose another game in which you won't be able to do that. Right. So it's win out and hope that you get the results you need. Mm-hmm. And it's like we said, it's like a what a three to five percent chance or something like that. Like it's it's just like that line from Liar Liar. So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, I know. that's Dumb and Dumber. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I need a drink. Stupid idiot. Oh, how did you biff that line? <laughs> My goodness. Oh man. I, I think I, I think that, that means that we need to get the hell out of here. I think so. Uh, so, bottom line, uh, Browns lose today. Um, I thought they were very uninspiring with their play today, especially uh, after they got up 10 uh, But Browns fall to 5-7. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, season filled with uh, dreams and expectations and hype and all the glitz glamour we thought was coming. Um, it's uh, pretty much crashed and burned now after losing to our biggest rival of the season um, and a third round, the third string undrafted rookie quarterback named Duck. That's who we lost to today, bottom line. Duck. With a D, ladies and gentlemen. I'm saying Duck, not... Okay, never mind. We really don't need to go there. So, anyway, uh, Steve, appreciate you being with me again this week. Um... Hopefully next week, well, next week better be uh, a little more joyous because we're playing the friggin' Bengals. But um, I'll tell you what, if we lose to Cincinnati next week, I very well may be on the fire Freddie came. Finally. <laughs> oh, I think everybody will. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, be on the lookout this week on LTLpodcast.com uh, for Steve's final installment on his runner's journal um, talking about 
his experience in Virginia, um, running uh, his latest marathon, finishing his latest marathon, and uh, that'll be up this week. Um, that this really is a heck of a story. It had a very unexpected turn in the final week and an ending that I would have never expected. I'll just leave it at that. It's probably going to be out in a few days. It'll be a cliffhanger. fantastic read. Cliffhanger from Steven there. All right. Uh, anyway, other than that, uh, check in later this week as we get back from our Thanksgiving hiatus for LOTL. We will be back. Me, Jordan, and Jimmy will be uh, recording this Thursday night. And uh, we'll be talking some stuff. We'll be talking about our Thanksgiving. Uh sure we'll get into some Black Friday stuff, shopping and all that, and uh, we'll talk about uh, what we've got coming up for the Christmas season. So be on the lookout for that. So uh, check us out, lotlpodcast.com, at the lotlpodcast.com on social media, lotlpodcast.com for the website. Did I just say at the lotlpodcast.com? Yeah. I need to, I need, I need to go to sleep. We should have ended the show about five minutes ago. <laughs> All right. Let me try that again. Check us out on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Check out our website, lotlpodcast.com. Uh, Steve's uh, final journal entry will be up sometime this week, um, hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, check us out on social media. Check us out on the platform that you're listening on. Whatever you're listening to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud, give us a rating, give us a like, give us a follow, a review, um, all that stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, just uh, keep on the lookout. So we'll see you later this week for LOTL. So for Steve, I'm Dan. And uh, hope you guys have a good night. Bye. It's over.